1: I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. Yeah. Four players. Four players very important in you go Business time, so let's bring in the one, the only Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with briefing dot com. How are you, Mr. Rosen?
2: Oh, pretty good. How about yourself. Pretty
1: good. What do you make of that epic collapse of the Euro versus the dollar in recent days?
2: Um it's kind of interesting. I mean, in terms of US performance, it's going to, you know, basically import in some more deflationary pressures. Uh it's going to want us to buy more European goods. It's going to make things a little cheaper here. Uh the question is, is it long-lasting or is this just, you know, a short-term money play? That I don't know, but uh you know, it definitely seems to be you know, at least to move, if you look a bit, little bit over the longer term, to be representative of an economy in the U.S. that's improving, uh, going up against, you know, a, a European uh, uh, area that is not experiencing as, as good of economic growth as we are, and, you know, the way the currency is showing that. Did you see this? <laughs> this
1: is going to sound like an odd question, isn't it? thus making it an odd question. Um, did you see it coming? Because I don't think anyone saw, it's been a pretty epic, you know, year, and it's been straight down, but the writing's on the wall there. They're having problems with Greece, they're having problems in the Ukraine, Poland, looks like they're coming into a little more power, uh, a little less power for Germany, maybe. It's Should we not be surprised? Because, you know, to fix economic woes these days, think, it seems like bankers want to you know, do I this. I think
2: that if you asked six months ago, you know, could the Euro be at parity with the U.S., you know? People would have said, "Yeah, I mean, just the way the divergence okay. in economic trends were in the U.S. versus Europe, but the you know the change in, in in currency rates was slow. You know, it was still going. You know, U.S. was still performing well against the euro, but it wasn't performing as well as you know many may have expected. I think that what's shocking is the acceleration in um, you know in the dollar strength over the last." you know, basically weak than, you know, than anything, you know, and I think that's what's pushing it. You know, you have the idea of, uh, you know, the EuroBank, the you know, ECB going out and buying bonds, the quantitative easing started. So we're getting a little bit more push on that end to, you know, it would normally signal weaker currencies and it's really shot up on the market.
1: Any economic news out there today that you're looking at other than the weaker dollar story?
2: No, I think that's really it. You know, the fact is, you know, it's just one more uh, indicator that inflation growth in the U.S. is not going to accelerate any time soon. You know, we keep looking for inflation growth, which would confirm a story of tightening labor markets. It would confirm a story of stronger, you know, real economic gains. You know, but right now we're not seeing that. Instead, we're seeing weak wage gains, which we saw in the Friday employment report. We're seeing uh, more disinflationary pressures based on import prices. So, you know, we're not spending more money on imports, which is we're going to be, you know, having a disinflationary pressure in the CPI. And you know, all these things are, are pointing towards inflation growth of below two percent target. And at the same time, we're feeling that the economy is strengthening, and, you know, the Fed, you know, you could probably say desperately wants to raise rates. And, you know, these two, you know, opposing factors are going to make a really big decision, you know, come July, September uh, FOMC meetings.
1: We've recently been hearing media reports that the Fed Reserve has backed themselves into a corner, and they're going to have to raise interest rates due to the fact that they said, we're going to look at the data, we're going to look at the data, and the data looks pretty good. You recently penned a piece for briefing.com where you basically called some of the data not that good. Tell us a little bit
2: more about that. Well, I mean, basically what we're looking at is good is based on, you know, statistical properties and may not be real properties. Uh, For example, we have an unemployment rate right now of 5.5%. You know, on the surface, that's fantastic. If you look at what our full employment level is, you know, basically what we would get uh, given normal ebb and flows of of structural uh, economic gains and structural uh, problems in the economy, we would expect an unemployment rate of 5.4%. So we're only a tick higher than that. Uh, But is that necessarily true? You know, we have wage gains of only 0.1%. Typically, as we get closer to full employment, wage growth Increases at a faster rate because employers have to increase wages in order to attract quality people. There just aren't enough people in the um, you know that are unemployed that would you know want jobs. So you'd expect higher wages, and that's not happening. And one of the reasons is is probably because that unemployment rate, even though it's at 5.5 percent, is really a biased number. You know, a number that I would call you know in the terminology I just used in the in the report was just bogus. I mean. Realistically, the number is low because you know several million people left the labor force for economic reasons. Either they couldn't find a job and just stopped looking to find a job, and because those people aren't counted as unemployed, the unemployment rate you know is lower than it should be. You know, if we look at what wage gains are on an annual basis, you know, we would expect the unemployment rate to be closer to you know eight percent than five and a half percent. You know, realistically, that would mean that we would need. You know another five million jobs uh, in the current economic environment in order to say that we have a five and a half percent unemployment rate. You know basically, five million people aren't working because of you know economic reasons based on just these, these little data points. So you know the Fed is saying that we're raising rates because you know, they expect inflation to accelerate, and inflation should accelerate if the employment rate really is five and a half percent but if we believe the, the unemployment rate should be actually be 8% then the fed's moving way too fast you know the uh, the uh, the reason for increasing rates you know to slow the economy down to prevent an acceleration in inflation is just not there you know and the the concern now is you have disinflationary pressures we have low oil prices which are pushing down uh inflation beyond just energy you know and transportation and in several other sectors you have import prices that are declining because the dollar is rallying so all these are disinflationary pressures, and at the same time, you're going to raise rates, which adds another leg of disinflationary pressures. So where's the inflation going to come from? How are you going to get to 2%? You know? and, and it's interesting. You know, I was reading a report on the, the New York Times by Justin Wolfers, who used to be a professor at uh, the University of Michigan, and he was basically doing a, a literature review and looking at some options policies where you could buy options on inflation pressures. And right now, there is greater odds on the U.S. experiencing deflation than inflation above 2.5%. You know, basically, the market is saying that, the, uh, that investors who are, who are buying into options on inflation-linked uh, securities you know, have a really high probability of you know, deflation. And yet, the Fed still thinks about increasing rates. And to me, that's just silly.
1: Will, it's interesting that you're talking about this and the slack in the market. Do you think the job market gets back to, I'm not going to say utopian days, but better days where we're not talking about slack in the market and wage uh, inflation growth that we would want to see? Because it seems like maybe the elephant in the room here is the economy is not as strong as we want it to be. And
2: how do we get there? That's exactly what it is. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you talk to a different person, you get a different answer. You know, the gist of it is the economic growth that we've experienced since the end of the recession has not been strong enough thus far to bring everybody back that lost their job during the recession, plus take in all of the people that matured into working-age populations. So, you know, high school students that were in the uh, – you know, that were – in high school in the recession, and you know, there's no jobs for them right now. So if you take into account, you know, demographics and you take into account everything that was lost, we're still not there. So, you know, there's still a lot of room left. And that that's the looseness, you know, that that I'm seeing in the wage data. That's the you know, what I'm scared about if we're gonna start believing that rates need to increase. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, just on a, an example, you look at the mortgage applications numbers and you see okay. such changes in, I mean, drastic purchasing changes, you know, based on mortgage rates of 3.75 and 4%. You now, these are historic low. Mortgage rates. Now you're talking. You know, what happens if we bring them to five percent? What kind of housing market are you going to have? What's that going to do to construction if we really start raising rates at these levels? You know, you're going to see a big tightening in the in the economy. And the question is, can the U.S. economy, as of today, support that? And on the inflation front, definitely not. And the Fed's moving in that in that direction, which is making things you know a little nerve-wracking for people like me that are worried about you know a potential deflationary episode, you know a variation of what happened in Sweden, you know when they started raising rates in 2010. You know, where are they today? In a deflationary environment with negative uh, uh, interest rates, is that where the U.S. wants to be? And that's the potential that we can be. And that happens if you move too early. Moving too late is okay. It's easy to contain inflation once it's here. It's hard to get rid of inflation if it's not here. That makes it difficult. Thanks very much. Very smart piece. As
1: always, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com, talking about the big problems that our economy has going on, especially tied towards the labor force and wage inflation, which is just not there. It feels... On one hand like our economy is improving but is it improving for everyone in our economy numbers tell us it's not he writes a lot of pieces for briefing.com he was a very insightful economist he joined you can find him online at briefing.com that's briefing.com I'm Rob Black you can find me online at robblack.com that's (laughs) robblack.com